0: Today we are going to begin a new series on the book of Jude and we will be doing an exposition of this short book, 25 verses, one chapter. And we are going to begin by reading the entire epistle. It's going to be put up on the screen and we're going to have you read it in sections. I'm going to ask you to stand, we want to focus on the word of God and perhaps just standing at this time will cause us to show some dignity and respect and regard for the Word of God. This is how we're going to do it. We're going to have these 25 verses divided into sections. The first four verses I'm going to read myself. The second section, the balcony, will read verses 5 through 7, and then The aisle on my left will read verses 8 through 13. The center aisle will then read verses 14 through 16. And on those on the right, my right, will read verses 17 through 23. And then we'll read the final verses together. I begin then with verses 1 through 4. Jude, a bond servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith which is once for all handed down to the saints. Balcony. The on the left was Zeke. And yet, yet the also in the same way, please, man, also like me, king, defile the flesh, and reject the authority, and revile the angelic justice. For the Michael the archangel, when he disputed with the devil, and argued about the body of Moses, did not dare pronounce against him or any judgment, but said,
1: The Lord rebuked you. But these men defile the things which they do
0: not understand, and the things which they know by instinct, by like boundaries and animals, by these things they are disturbed. <coughs> Woe to them, for they have gone the away in pain, and hopefully they have rushed home into the air of failure, and perish in the rebellion of Coral. <coughs> these are the men who are in Greece in love, peace, but they Themselves, clouds without water, carried on by the rains, fallen trees without fruit, the dead uprooted. rooted. While the waves of the sea casting up their own shame like a home, wandering stars from the moon and that darkness have been preserved forever. Center, fourteen to sixteen. 17 through 23. them out of the fire, and our son, have mercy to the garment polluted by the flesh. Let's read all together now the final two verses. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory blameless with great joy, to the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, the glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. That's the word of God, and God has already accomplished a purpose, or to begin to accomplish a purpose for it being read. The word of God cannot be read in that fashion, and not accomplish the purpose for which God has it. Tremendous truth. Now, Jude intended, to write a theology of the salvation of the believer. But due to the pressing then current problem with false teachers who were distorting and twisting the word of God for their own selfish and personal profit, Jude was instead compelled by the Holy Spirit to write about the salvation of the faith that was once for all, delivered to the saints. It was delivered once and for all. That's it. God's revelation is complete for us. Now, like Jude, I am also concerned today about the prevalence of false teachings and false teachers and the misuse of the word of God that is so prevalent around us. And so I am also constrained to do what he did by doing an exposition of what he wrote when he was constrained about the same thing. And so I've entitled this short series, The Task of the Church in an Age of Apostasy, because, beloved. If there ever was a time that there is apostasy, it is today. I have never in all of my life, and I'm an old man, seen the word of God so misused, misapplied, and misinterpreted, and used for personal gain. Never. Now there are numerous prophecies and signs given in the scriptures regarding the church in the times the scripture calls the last days. One of the most prominent signs is that of falling away from the word or apostasy. A departure from the faith. And the most striking and sobering fact regarding this sad state of affairs is that it is going to be brought about by professing believers people within the church not without the church this is a distressing thing but this is something that was long recognized and taught by the holy spirit his apostles or the apostles of Jesus Christ listen for instance to the words of the Apostle Paul as he addressed the elders the Ephesian church has given for us in Acts chapter 20 verses 28 through 31 listen to the Word of God keep watch over yourselves this is given to the pastors the elders those who are leaders of God's people keep watch over yourselves And all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. This is one of the most important responsibilities of pastors, teachers, right here. But notice how it begins. Watch out for yourselves before you watch out for the flock. You see, if we keep God on our own souls, then we will be able to guard the flock the way God wants us to. But the reason for false teachings, the reason for false teachers is because we refuse to look out, to watch out, to protect ourselves. Watch out for yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseas. This is a commission from God, the Spirit, not from man. We're not to please man when it comes to this. We're to please God. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. He's trying to emphasize the importance of the church of Jesus Christ and to underline the fact that the most precious thing on this earth is the people of God. Why? Because we the purchased with the most precious thing that God has, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. I know that after I leave, notice not, not I guess, I know. But after I leave, savage wolves. Now he's describing those who will come in to distort the word of God and to attempt to lead the people of God astray. What does he call them? Just mistaken individuals? No. Savage wolves. They're out on the prey. They're out looking. Savage wolves will come in among you. Notice that? In among you. That means they're coming into the church assembly. That means they're going to be members of the church. That means they're going to be breaking bread with us. Will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Everyone will be a prey, even from your own number. Now, how do you think those men felt when Paul said that? Here is the Apostle Paul. Moved by the Spirit of God to say these words to these men. Even from among your own number. Men will arise and distort the truth. Notice the phrase, distort the truth. That is what, that's what's happening today. All over. All the time. It's prevalent. You cannot turn on your radio or TV without hearing someone distorting the truth. Why? In order to draw away the disciples after them. So be on your guard. I believe that this is one of the most important admonitions for leaders of the church to take to heart today, right here given by the apostle Paul. Now of course, because of our departure from the faith, you know, not only can we say here that from your own number men will arise. We could also say women will arise also because we have women where they should not be when it comes to leadership in the church of Jesus Christ. And they're leading people astray as well, men and women. Paul gives the same warning, he gives the warning to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.1. And in this passage, the Holy Spirit even identifies the source of this erroneous teaching and distorting of the Word of God. Hear the Word of God. 1 Timothy 4 1. The Spirit clearly says, notice that word clearly, without any kind of hiding it or guessing or mystery, the Holy Spirit clearly says, that in later times, some will abandon the faith. Notice, abandon the faith. Depart from it. Leave it. And do what? Follow deceiving spirits. And things taught by demons. Now notice. Things taught by demons. This has not to do with things that teach about demons. This have to do about things that are taught by demons. Where are these demons? Standing in the pulpit, standing in the Sunday school classes, writing books, the source are demons. That's what the word says. Deceiving spirit and things taught by demons that's why we need to discern what we receive from those who speak to us that's what you need to be doing right now as you listen to me but peter himself teaches the same truth listen to peter in second peter chapter 3 verses 15 to 16 He's talking about individuals who don't think about the Lord's coming back. He says, and they count the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given to him. Notice that word wisdom. And it has to do with something God has given to him. When you see that word wisdom, you'd always see it in that context. Wisdom having to do with revelation given directly to God given by God to others Paul Also wrote to you according to the wisdom God Gave him in other words God revealed this truth to him As he does in all his letters When he speaks in them of these matters now notice Peter is clearly saying that Paul's writings were inspired of God Right here. Because the Holy Spirit gave it to him. Notice now, he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand. See, that's the difficulty. Why a lot of people distort the truth. Because things are hard to understand until they're too lazy to study, or to pray, or to fast. Too lazy. So, they don't dig into the word. It's too hard. So, what do they do? They make up the things themselves. Notice now there are some things in them that are hard, not all, some, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction. That's distortion. That's dist- the twisting of the word of God to their own destruction as they do other scriptures. Notice that? That means Peter is calling Paul's writing scriptures. You see that? All of it is the word of God. Some of it hard to understand. And so people, because they don't want to spend time to study and to pray over it, they distort it. And they come up with their own truth. And call it the word of God. Because I say that they were too lazy to study the writings of Paul and other scriptures. They came up with their own message. And called in the word of God. The same thing is being done today. As a result. Many are turning the truth of God into a lie. And calling the lie the truth of God. Now the sad thing is that most of our people. Who hear it. Because of their own inability to discern truth from error, and evil from good, are gullibly grasping at the health and wealth, name it, claim it, gospel that is no gospel at all. Because they don't study themselves, and if it sounds good, that's all right. If it makes me feel good, that's good. And so that's why some people today will say they'll never call a person a sinner. Because it makes people feel bad. Is that a gospel? Not the gospel of God. Unscrupulous men were doing this sort of thing in the time of Jeremiah. It's not something new. I want you to listen now to the word of God. I want you to listen to God's pronouncements about these individuals way back in the time of Jeremiah. And tell me what comes to mind. Well, all of you can tell me, but think <laughs> carefully. Notice what it says. I have heard these prophets. It's talking about people who go around saying they're prophets, and they are prophesying in the name of God. That's who he's talking about here. Do we have any of them today? Jeremiah? Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 35. I have heard these prophets say. Listen to the dream I had from God last night. No, I didn't make this up. I really didn't make this up. This is in the book of Jeremiah. So look at it. Listen to the dream I had from God last night. And then they proceed to tell lies in my name. How long will this go on? If they are prophets, they are prophets of deceit. Inventing everything they say. Do you see that? Inventing everything they say. By telling these false dreams, they are trying to get my people to forget me. Just as their ancestors did by worshiping of idols. Let these false prophets tell their dreams. But let my true messengers faithfully proclaim my every word. Let it go on. But you who have the word, don't be discouraged. You proclaim my word, even though these false preachers who make up these messages are doing the same thing. There is a difference between straw and grain. This is, I really love this. Yeah, let the false teachers teach but let my righteous people do. And you'll know the difference. There's a difference between straw and grain. One has nothing to it. Everything has. The other has nourishment to it. You see, but the thing is, today, as far as those who hear the word is concerned, we don't want nourishment. If it sound good, and if it's cheap, and if it's fast, you get it by 12. No, I'm only kidding with that one. I don't want it. You can't stand it. That's the kind of environment we've come up to. We don't want to take the time, the effort, to study and to hear the word of God. There's a difference between straw and grain. There's a difference between genuine teaching and preaching of the word and people who make it up themselves. Verse 29. Does not my word burn like fire? Says the Lord, the answer of course it does. Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? I love that. Some people like to come home oh and well, I come to church this morning to be blessed. Bless me. What do you mean? I will not want to hear nothing bad about me. I want to hear no challenge about what I have to do. I don't want to hear nothing about that. I just want to be blessed. God says the word of God is like a hammer and sometimes to bless you he's got to smash you to pieces. He's got to break you and there's no real fellowship with God until there's that brokenness. But we don't like the broken part. Does not my word burn like fire says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? Therefore says the Lord, I am against these prophets. Who's saying this? This is God. The almighty God. The powerful one. I am against these prophets. Who prophets? Which prophets? I'm against these prophets. Who steal messages from each other. And claim they are for me. I love that. I, can, I know what this passage says. So I go into that preacher over there. I can see what he say say. And whatever he say say. I can say it say. And so I get up there, I preach in that messenger over there. And that's what happens, you know. I tell you, I can go around, I can almost tell you what some of the preachers are going to say. Because I've heard another preacher that they the under a saying. And they're making it up. And we have preachers who are making up their own theology today. And we have men and women who are learning it from them to go preach it as the word of God. It's not the word of God, it's the word of man who are twisting the truth. I am against these prophets who steal message from each other and claim they are for me. And listen, if that is happening, it's happening today, especially with computers. We could go on a line and we can get any message we want and come and preach it here. And you think it's me. And we get up wanting you to think it's me. But we're getting it from somebody else. We're not examining it. We're not seeing if it's written. Sometimes you go and you can't even... Pronounce the words, or you cannot understand the concepts that these people are saying, but that's all right. It sounds good, and i got to preach it. That's what he's talking about here. Stealing the messages, or getting the messages from others, and saying the messages from me. I am against these smooth tongues prophets. I love this. We call them charismatic today. I don't mean the denomination, I mean the way we speak. we speak. We call them motivational speakers. Smooth tongue, that's what he's talking about. And that's what we're falling prey to. One of the largest churches in the United States of America has a smooth tongue preacher. He don't preach the word. Never call people sinners. All he says, God has a great plan for your life. Let me get of What notice now? I am against these four. No, I am against these smooth-tongued prophets who say this prophecy is from the Lord. Have you heard that? This is the word God has given me today. Holy. When you hear that, you better listen. Why? Because the word is from God. But it's almost, well, no, not that's because God is omniscient. It's almost as though this is written last night, isn't it? It so describes who we are. They say this prophecy is from the Lord. But what does God say? I am against these false prophets. Their imaginary dreams are flagrant lies, and they lead my people into sin. I did not send or appoint them. The word there could be anoint them. You got a lot of people today talking about the anointed. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about some false teaching about this generational curse that is going on. And saying that God's people can experience generational curses and you got to break it by reciting the poem or prayer and all of this type of a thing. That's nonsense. But I just got a letter from a missionary. He said all his days, his years he's been taught a lie. Now he just come to truth to realize who he is in Christ. That's where it comes in. You get this idea. This identity with Christ. Because I'm in Christ, I could do all of things. That's what that young man was preaching about. And the point is, some of you gullibly accept it. Notice now. I did not send or appoint them, and they have no message at all for my people. The gospel is not the gospel. It's no gospel at all. Paul says, I, the Lord, have spoken. That's Jesus Christ. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Father, the triune God, speaking to us about false preachers, false teachers who make up their own message and proclaim it as the word of God. You see, Jude was experiencing the fulfillment of these prophecies in his day. This is the burden that was pressing upon his soul and the motivation for writing this short epistle of 25 verses. He could not sit by and see ungodly men posing as godly teachers, leading his people or the people of God astray. He had to warn them of the dangers involved in denying the faith by replacing it with human opinions, with human philosophies and false and erroneous teachings. And as we'll see later on in this series, he calls upon both history and the apostles to prove the validity and importance of this appeal and the need for us to beware and to watch out for false teachers and for false teachings and for a twisting and distorting of the word of God. And that's what God has impressed upon my heart as well. That's the day in which we are living right now. And it seems as though our people just do not care. So I encourage you to get your Bible and follow along as we begin by looking at the first four verses of this one chapter epistle today. Notice how he opens it. He opens it by identifying himself. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. Now, in spite of other suggestions, I believe the best evidence seems to indicate that the Jude spoken of here is the half brother of the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who, of course, was also the half brother of James. And so, this is true. We have two books in the New Testament written by the uh, brothers, the human brothers of Jesus Christ, James and Jude. Where did they get this teaching from? Jesus Christ, their half brother. After identifying himself, Jude next identifies recipients of his letter. He says, to those who have been called and who are loved by God the Father and kept by Jesus Christ. Aren't they wonderful words, glorious words? Notice, called, loved, and kept. Called by God, loved by God, and kept by Jesus Christ. Now can you be in a better position than that? These are fantastic concepts. You could spend a whole series just talking about this. What does it mean to be called of God? Not all are called. So it was only God's grace. Loved by God. Do you know that God's children are loved in a different way than his other creatures are? And kept by God. Notice, we don't keep ourselves. This has to do with eternal security, we call it, or the perseverance of the saints. The saints will persevere. Why? Because they're kept. Not only by God the Father, but by Jesus Christ Himself. Powerful words. So notice here now, Jude was writing to a specific congregation of believers in his day. That's the historical primary recipients. The, the epistle was written to them. It was not written to us. It's written for us, but to them. You need to make that very clear when you begin to interpret Scripture. Otherwise, you could apply some things that belong only to Jude and not to you, or Jude's day. So it's all for us, but it's not all to us. So although he wrote to these particular Christians at that particular time, that particular place, yet it's for Christians of all ages, for Christians of all ages. It's for us here at Calvary Bible Church today. This word is for us. It's for us. It's for you. And after being exposed to the word right now, just by reading it the way you did, God has a purpose for it being understood or heard today in your life and regardless to the other things I have said God has not promised to bless what I have said about his word but he has promised to bless his word and there is a there is a purpose why I've heard it today I don't know what it is maybe it's gonna cause you to turn your radio off from that particular channel or listen to that particular teacher that particular man that particular woman or perhaps it's gonna cause you not to send any more money to those people who are dist- who are twisting the truth I don't know, but God is going to how his purpose accomplished. Now notice what he, how he greets them in verse 2. This is the traditional way of greeting. Mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. I love that again. In abundance, lavishly outpoured upon us. Then the New American Standard Version says, hey, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. He's praying that believers might experience the mercy, love, and peace of God to their fullest extent in multiplied abundance. This is my prayer for you and for me as well as we go through this. That we might experience the multiplied peace and mercy of God as we hear his word. And seek with his help to put it into practice. But then Jude next explains how the Spirit of God motivated him to change the intent and content of his original letter. This is a wonderful description of how God moves men to write inspired words. Beautiful description here. Notice what he says Dear friends, although I was very eager, To write to you about the salvation we share. Common salvation the King James says. I felt I had to write. And urge you. To contend for the faith. That is once for all entrusted to the saints. And I believe I can understand a little bit about what Jude felt. He felt it. It was a burden upon his soul. It was a pressure upon his heart. I had to write you and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to the saints. This is a vivid description, I said, of how the Holy Spirit moved or carried along the writers of the Bible to record what he, God, wanted to record as holy scriptures. Remember what Peter says? Second Peter one twenty one. Listen carefully to the word of God. Prophecy In this context, it has to do with the word of God. Had its origin, never had its origin in the will of man. Did you notice that? Prophecy, the word of God never had its origin in the will of man. Never. But, here's the contrast now. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit Jude is saying that he was being carried along by the Holy Spirit as he was writing about our salvation all of a sudden the Holy Spirit as we would say today came upon him and caused him to switch courses he was thinking about one thing but God says, "I want you now to think about something else." Jude is saying that he was carried along by the Holy Spirit as He wrote. In other words, God, Jude's words are God's word for us today. Not Jude's words, it's God's word. We have to show more respect for the word of God and regard for the word of God. We handle the word of God too callously and without care. This is the word of God. It's as though God was standing right here and he's reading or saying these words himself. That's the word of Jude. God speaking. Now, if that is true, are we be careless and callous and without disregard? That wouldn't be true if a politician came here, or some big-time personage come here. You're going to listen. You're going to talk and laugh about the show, but you're going—no, no, no—you no. listen. But when the word of God, people talk, laugh, do everything else, answer the telephone, all of that kind of stuff, and God is speaking. We should sure no open stand for it. it's important to note that men whom God moved to write the Bible were not inspired this is a false conception the men were not inspired the words were listen carefully The word inspired means the breathing out of God, not the breathing in. It means the breathing out of God. So what he is saying actually here is that the words that we have in the Bible is actually the word or the mind, the thought, the will of God breathed out. God thought, God's mind, God's will in a thought, and then he breathes them out. That's the inspired word. God did not breathe out man from himself. You understand what I'm saying? He didn't breathe out man. He moved them. He carried them along. The word there for move and carried is the same word we have for a ship being carried by the wind. It's the Holy Spirit moving and guiding men. Men are not inspired. It's the word. Why? Because only the word that has life and power inherent within it, man doesn't. You understand what I'm saying? It's the word of God that is inspired. Not the man who wrote it. They were moved, empowered by God to do it. In another time, we will talk about the similarities between the coming into existence of the living word, Jesus Christ himself. Man, God and man, you have divinity and you have humanity. The result, when Jesus Christ come in the world, you have a sinless being. The same thing with the word of God. You have deity and you have humanity. Man, moved by God, they combine to write... What happens? You have the word of God without error. That's what he's talking about here. I'm doing this. I want to emphasize to you the importance of the word of God. And what men are doing today and what women are doing today. They are distorting the word. They're the word of God. They're showing no respect for it. And they're calling their word the word of God. And God does not share his glory. Then God says, thou shalt not use my name in vain, one of the meanings, in fact, the primary meaning is not just you shouldn't cuss. One of the primary means is never say that I say something and I haven't said it. When you say something that, that is wrong and you say that I said it, you're using my name in vain. And we have preachers today who are using the name of God in vain because they're calling their words, the Word of God. Now, Pastor, as Brian said, and when we get to heaven, we can sit down and listen to preachers for a long time, and we ain't got to worry. But Brother Brian, i teaching people how to get prepared for heaven. Listen to the scripture, and then I'll close in a minute. Pick it up this evening. Second Timothy says this: All Scripture is breathed out. That's the word inspired. Breathe out by God, and profitable for teaching, for correction, for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good works. In other words, the words. The men who were moved and carried along by the Holy Spirit were the very exhaling of the thoughts of God. The Bible that we have is the exhaling of the thoughts of God. Do you get it? He thinks them. He thought them. He exhaled them. And they're written down by men who were moved by the Spirit of God. He spoke his thoughts and they were written down on the original autographs without error by men who were specially and supernaturally prepared by God to do so without interfering or inhibiting their natural abilities or style of writing. They did it with, he did it with interfering without interfering with their humanity, we would say. He breathed out his thoughts. That's the word of God. And that is what Jude Is exhorting us to protect. That is what Jude is exhorting us to defend. But you see, let me pick this up this evening. Many of us don't know what to defend. We don't know how to fight for the word of God. You know why? Because we don't know it ourselves. We don't know it. We have it here, but we don't read it. We don't study it. And to fight for it, to defend it? Do you realize that the only way that we have this word today is because many believers gave their life for it? They believed it to be the word of God and they were willing to die for the word of God? I would dare to say that you'll find few Christians who would do that today you find some. But be far in between. Why? Because we do not have the kind of respect and regard for this word as the word of God as we should. We regard it as the word of man. Now this is what we'll be talking about. Tonight and in the day, days ahead. And I encourage you to read this book over and over again. You say, man, it can take too long. 25 verses? Read it again and again and again. So as we go through it, the spirit of God will bring back to your mind the words that God himself breathed out on these pages. Let's close the word of prayer. We have our closing hymn. And then we will receive our benevolent offering for today. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise that it will not return to you void. But it will accomplish the purpose for which you send it forth. Give us, we pray, the conviction and the courage to defend the faith once for all delivered to the saints. And all of God's people said, Amen.